0: Down Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part, Rams, part of the Locked On, on Podcast LA Network. LA 14, Rams, ever. And now, please rise for the singing of our He's national. Said said fish don't in the don't Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motor of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. In fact, this is a Locked On LA crossover. We've got David from Locked On Chargers with us today. We're going to be talking all things LA football. That's right. We've got two football teams in LA. It still kind of blows my mind a little bit. Uh, But David, how are you doing, my man?
1: Hey, doing well, man. Uh, Thanks for taking the time out to talk some football. It's an exciting time in Los Angeles for football. Two really strong football teams to watch this year.
0: Yeah, that's the crazy thing. And, and you know, I've been a, obviously the people, the listeners know, and I talked to you a little bit about this. My girlfriend's a Chargers fan. So I hear a lot of Chargers news and updates a lot just because she's a football fanatic. Uh, she was a San Diego Chargers fan, like most people, uh, and then brought it up to Los Angeles and kind of watching that team from afar last year and seeing how good they were. And really if they weren't in a division, with the Chiefs, they who knows really how far they would have gone or home playoff, field advantage, all that type of stuff. Uh, but it was a tough competition last year in the AFC, especially in your division. Uh, but two, like you said, two really good Los Angeles football teams, and it really makes things interesting as we start to look a little ahead and look at that 2020 season when everyone's going into the same building. Uh, if you're bringing two elite programs with great young coaches, you know elite offenses and really young defense getting better, uh, really makes for some ex- exciting times here in Los Angeles. But kind of, um, to get things off and running, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the Melvin Gordon situation. Obviously, got to address that offense defense for both teams and really some schedule outlooks uh, of this 2019 season. So I'll get it out of the way because it's the elephant in the room, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it a ton. And so I'll kind of keep it simple in the fact of. Uh, Melvin Gordon's holding out right now. Does he come back before the season starts? And if not, does this thing turn into a Le'Veon Bell 2.0 really quick?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to exactly be the same thing as Le'Veon Bell because there's just a few different things contractually that, you know, uh, are going to be different between these two. Uh, I think uh, it'll be in Melvin's best interest to report by week 10. Uh, That way, you know, he can get that occurred season and not have to worry about this. after the season but the Chargers still hold a lot of the cards here and that's why you know there's not much leverage for Melvin Gordon because even you know if he doesn't play the Chargers still have the ability to franchise him franchise tag him not only this uh, next season but the season after that if they want to so uh the Melvin Gordon back to the original question is Melvin Gordon and the Chargers going to come to an agreement before this season I don't think so um I, I think that they're About three or so million dollars apart, according to reports from various different people. And, you know, Melvin Gordon wants that, you know, Le'Veon Bell 13 to 15 million per year type of money. And the Chargers don't want to give him that money. They're sitting around 10 or 11 million per year. So, like I said, they're about three or so million apart per year. Uh, but that's a pretty large gap. Uh, but hey, you know you got to think about it from Melvin Gordon's perspective. This is going to really going to be the only opportunity in his career where he's really going to be able to cash in and earn the biggest contract of his NFL career.
0: Yeah, you make some good points there. He really doesn't have a lot of leverage, and if he wants to try to keep sitting this out, they can keep kind of you know throwing the trump card out there and basically saying, "Hey, we're gonna uh, you know hold you another year. We're gonna hold you another year." and really kind of played out to that situation. So it's really in his best interest to kind of just say, hey, this is a good football team. Uh, $10 million, $11 million is pretty good money. Mm-hmm. I know everyone is looking for a long-term in their family, and they see other people in the league getting paid a certain amount of dollars, so it makes it tough. But um, and, and kind of on the other side of that, obviously it's Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson who are getting all the reps right now. If he doesn't come back, or if there is a long 10-week holdout, uh, are these two together a, you know, viable option to get them through those 10 weeks?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely believe they are. I mean, I think they they definitely have a different skill set than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon can really run through the tackles and break break tackles and make things happen because he's just a strong physical runner. Uh, Austin Eckler is not, you know, he's a slasher, dasher type of guy, a great receiver, uh, a great guy in space. I mean, he can definitely make people miss. Justin Jackson, one of the most elusive players uh, of the entire year last year. Uh, crazy PFF P- uh, elus- elusiveness uh, ratings uh, that they gave him. Uh, he's a, an absolutely uh, a great steal out of the seventh round, uh, given great production. But they also, you know, it's going to be another guy, DeTrez G- G- Newsome. They're going to have like a three-headed monster there uh, to take. Uh, in, you know, there's belief out there that those three guys can make up 80, 90, and maybe even more uh, percent of Melvin Gordon's production between those three guys. But I think – the Chargers offense is going to have to tailor uh, their offense and their play calling around each one of those three running back skill sets. Uh, It's not going to be the same offense with Melvin Gordon. They're going to have to adhere to each of those guys' strengths.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that we got this Todd Gurley contract out of the way. And a lot of people in Rams nation look back and, you know, I think we're, we're still, uh, there's a lot of questions, you know, of him in this upcoming season. If I think if he has a great season, uh, this year or even a solid season this year we'll look back and still be really excited about that contract extension last year um, before the season started. But uh, just because of the production we've gotten in the last couple of years, he was worth the money at the time. Obviously, as the the you know, the injury and the concerns around his knee start to pick up, people going, not only here in in LA, but um, you know, GMs around the league saying, well, that's why we don't give running backs big money. So uh, unfortunately, uh, for Gordon's, you know, circumstances, hes they've got this in the eye right now. There's also Zeke Elliott. I don't think anyone really wants to make a move until, you know, it's kind of that, um, you know, do you want to be the first one to sign somebody or do you want to be the second, third as the money starts to go up? It's kind of interesting in this running back market how it all kind of plays out. Uh, as we stay on the offense side of the ball, and we'll jump over to defense in a little bit, um, you know, looking at Hunter Henry uh, came back, Late, late, late. I mean, last season he was basically out the whole year. Uh, Is this his big year to step up, especially with, you know, Gordon out? Is this a a breakthrough year for Hunter Henry?
1: Yeah, not only Gordon's absence, but, you know, Antonio Gates hasn't been brought back, at least not to this point. Uh, So it seems like this is the Hunter Henry show. He, he's healthy. He's ready to go. He spent time with Phillip Rivers in the offseason while their families were vacationing in Florida, trying to just build that camaraderie and that relationship and that chemistry between the two. And uh, so far in camp, it sh- uh, it, it, that hard work has showed uh, because he's been all over the field making catches, being his typical self. Uh, the beautiful thing about Hunter Henry is he's not just a great uh, tight end receiver. He's also a great blocker. He's really an extension of that offensive line. Uh, You don't really see guys that are just as proficient in both avenues of the tight end game, but Hunter Henry really is the entire package. So to have him back healthy and really taking attention away from Keenan Allen and the guys on the outside and really opening up the middle of the field, it's really going to do wonders for Phillip Rivers this year.
0: Oh, you said Keenan Allen and man, did he have a catch out at training camp when the Rams and the Chargers got together laying out, which you got to love to see in, in, you know, in practice, the guy's giving up his body going out there. Some would maybe say the other side and say, Hey, t- protect yourself a little bit, but man, a great catch. We're actually going to step aside. We're going to talk about those cross practices and how it all went down and, and things that stood out to us on the other side. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We've got a Rams And Chargers crossover, Lockdown Rams Tuesday, right after this. All right, before we cut to our next break, this episode is brought to you by Five Star Planning, a neighborly company. Five Star Planning is looking for new owners to join their growing company. This could be a perfect opportunity for you. Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star to eight seven zero 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 right now. To learn more, choosing to start your own business with 5 Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With 5 Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, you pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, And when you go home every day, you'll be satisfied with helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painter owner, you'll also be a part of this greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals throughout their local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly serviced by nearly 22 award-winning brands, which some include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glassdoor, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been talking about starting your own business or you're already up and running your own paint company, again, text 5STAR eight seven zero 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 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast we'll be right back lockdown rams tuesday right after this All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Tuesday edition of Locked Rams, and it's crossover edition. We're talking L.A. We're talking L.A. football. Uh, as I kind of teased this over in the break, uh, talked about the training camp sessions that the Rams and the Chargers had together. There were two of them, one on Thursday and one on Saturday. I missed both of them, unfortunately. I actually went down to Chargers practice on Sunday. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but uh, it was, I don't want to say a wasted day, But it was fun getting out there in the sun and watching some football. But Phillip Rivers wasn't practicing. Uh, I don't think Keenan Allen was out there. They were basically walking through the motions. They'd gone through a couple physical practices, so I understand. But uh, it was definitely a lot chiller than over the weekend on Saturday and on Thursday when these two teams got together. What were some of the takeaways that you saw from a Chargers perspective when these two teams got together?
1: Well, uh, first and foremost, it's so great to be able to go against a defensive line of the Rams caliber. I mean, they obviously have superstars up and down the line highlighted by the best player in the world, Aaron Donald. And, uh, you know, with the chargers having a very weak offensive line and still a lot of question marks on that offensive line, it was really good to see, uh, them get some work against, you know, again, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, you know, to get that type of work against, you know, guys of that caliber really is invaluable at this level of training camp. So, uh, you know, they, they won a couple, they lost a lot. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald's a great player, uh, but uh, it was good, you know, to get some great tape on, you know, what happened, what they need to correct. Uh, but this doesn't happen a lot. So, you know, really, hey, you guys were in the Super Bowl last year. The Rams uh, obviously are a great team. Iron, sharpens iron. I know everyone's heard that. Uh, but I think that really rings true. And, you know, two of the top teams in the NFL and their respective conferences going up at it. Uh, it's, like I said, just great, great tape. Defense uh, had some fun uh, with uh <laughs> With a quarterback over there, I mean, made some good plays, but you know, hey, Sean McVay, seeing that ingenuity and, <clears throat> and all the you know different things he likes to uh, implement in his offense, like I said, just invaluable information to study and help yourself get better going into the season.
0: Yeah, they're like these preseason games for the starters that aren't going to play in the preseason, especially for the Rams. I know uh, in our case, we don't start basically anybody in the preseason uh, that is you know of high caliber for us. So for these guys to get out there and get against another team, and you talked about uh, the defense and your offensive line going at it, saw some great highlights from, you know, some some plays on both sides of the ball. Obviously talked about that Keenan Allen deep ball. Uh, Eric Weddle talked about how fun it was to go against, you know, go back against uh, Phillip Rivers and, you know, joke that he didn't throw it his way, but he also, playing against an elite quarterback like that you're always going to take something away. So, it was good and, and it did sound like both offenses struggled at times that this was a little bit more of a defensive showcase. We did I did see one thing that uh you know spoke highly of the Rams offense in the red zone. I think they went like 4 for 4 uh in the red zone during a drill and scored four touchdowns in a row which, you know, was helpful in the red zone, but they did have uh their fair share of troubles throughout the practice, you know, Sean McVay talked about them not having uh, the energy that he was looking for at the beginning of practice, and that that Chargers defense definitely kind of put them in a place at a certain point, point. Uh, and likewise the other way. The the Rams defense had uh, a lot of batted balls on the second day of practice, a lot of interceptions, and you know that just really kind of shows how how these two teams are really growing and maturing, but. Really fun for these two teams. No fights this time, which you know I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed. I know right? <laughs> both coaches, you know, want wanted to keep it clean, but I would have liked to see a little bit more uh, physicality. The fight for LA is is technically over, I guess, as far as that campaign goes. Sure. And, um, as as we talk about that, and um, have you noticed any pickup in you know the Los Angeles area or just in the media in general as far as Chargers being a little bit more accepted. I know from a Los Angeles Rams standpoint, uh, you know, first to the market in anything. In business, you always want to be first to the market. Rams were here. They had history here. Uh, And then there was kind of the spite of San Diego and some of those fan bases. But have you you saw a turn uh, since they kind of put together a really good season last year and, and getting closer to this new stadium in kind of the acceptance of the Chargers in Los Angeles?
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think there's work to do in in that department. Uh, But you know, if uh, you know the draft party out at the pier and you know some of these other events are are any indication, there are still plenty of Charger fans, and seems like it is growing a little bit um, in the Los Angeles market. But you know, it you know in LA, it's very clear. If you win, then you'll get more fans, and you'll be a lot more uh, accepted. If you lose, then the opposite will definitely come into effect. So, uh, but I don't know, Brad, I still think that there's a, a stigma and, you know, I think a lot of people still identify the chargers as the San Diego chargers. And I still think it, you know, it, I think from some people it'll never, ever change, but you know, as these two teams, you know, join together in a new stadium next year, you know, maybe some of that, you know, will change over, uh, but Hey, I promise you this, if they win a championship here in the next couple of years, that will definitely change things. Like I said, LA only wants a winner.
0: No, that couldn't be more true. And it would be interesting. You know, I mean, I don't want to crown you guys yet because I don't want to give up an opportunity to take that crown as a Rams fan here. But (laughs) at the same time, it is interesting to see what would that technically do for them as far as a brand in Los Angeles. You talk about sharing that stadium, bringing a lot of wins there. You start to have a little bit more ownership. I think that's the weird part uh, for you know, you guys as well as playing down in Carson. It's still tough for people in Los Angeles to really go to a game. I mean, they have to go out of their way to go to Carson. I'm not saying the Coliseum's this, you know, easy access, but it is in Los Angeles. It does have the, you know, historic history behind it. So they did kind of nab probably one of the better stadiums around to kind of have that, you know, play a couple seasons. But it will be interesting once they open that up and they truly have a home. Uh, to kind of call their own or will share or pay rent to or whatever you want to say. Uh, they'll have something in Los Angeles. Right. And I think that uh, hopefully helps them a little bit because, you know, I come from a Chicago background, you know, living. I grew up and lived in New York for a while when I was younger. And you see some of these bigger markets have multiple teams and you see it work and you see a fun rivalry. I mean, looking in Chicago, I see the Cubs and the White Sox it was always really fun. Uh, As a Chicagoan, and you're looking at Mets and Yankees and uh, the Giants and Jets and kind of those two teams, how how a two market team can work. Uh, It's just uh, in LA, it's a little bit different because it was I don't want to say forced on the market, but yes, they definitely brought the Rams back. They definitely pulled up the Chargers. So uh, we'll see if Los Angeles kind of opens up to that a little bit more. Uh, What we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll take our our last break here. Uh, We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more uh, maybe about the defense. We'll talk about season outlook, and we'll kind of wrap this thing up for a Rams and Chargers crossover. We'll be right back with a Tuesday edition. All right, Locked On family, we are back. This is our Locked On crossover. We have got Chargers and Rams. We've got David from Locked On Chargers. I'm Bear Motter from Locked On Rams. David, where can everyone find you on Twitter or or, uh, the accounts that you guys run?
1: Yeah, no. uh, So everybody can find me on Twitter at Deidre0619. You can follow our Twitter account for the Locked On Chargers podcast at Locked On LAC. And as well as the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. We also run our own personal video show on Facebook called Chargers Domination Live. So you can look that up on Facebook. We do a, about an hour, hour and a half every single week, uh, going a little bit more in depth. But uh, yeah, follow us all there. You can follow Daniel as well at Dan Talk Sports and John Kegley at Biggest Chargers FN on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, Daniel and John. They tried to make it. Daniel's at a uh, conference out in Orlando, and we just kind of had connections issues trying to get John on. So we'll have all three of us, or four of us, uh, maybe next week or the next couple of weeks. We'll all kind of loop back together, maybe right before the season, and talk a little bit about where we all stand on everything. Uh, you guys can also follow us at Locked On Rams on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find all of our shows, the Chargers and the Rams on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, as well as Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and of course, Himalaya. It's free. Download it. Check it out. Uh, one of our favorite places to listen to podcasts. So uh, as we kind of got all that good stuff out of the way, as we come into this third segment, kind of talking a little bit, I want to hit hit a little bit on, on the rookies, and we can talk about the Rams rookies and the Chargers rookies here. But uh, you guys went out and got two really high picks, or you know, your first two picks, uh, really good guys, names that were floating around, even in the Rams world. As you know, Jerry Tillery was the first guy you, gra- you grabbed out of Notre Dame. Uh, Rams were, you know, Rams Nation was looking at that if he slipped down to us. Also, Nasir Adderley, uh, safety, big talk about him being one of the top safeties in the draft. Uh, he was picked literally right before us, uh, and, and the Rams took a safety. I'm curious to see. If you guys went with Taylor Rapp, would we have gone Adderley? Uh, that well, question still looms in my head, but what are your the, thoughts on the point rookie was so far in the offseason, not only in the draft, draft, not not the in the draft
1: but in the offseason, that the Chargers wanted to address their issues at linebacker, and in the back end of the draft, uh, that was obviously very prevalent when they picked up Drew Tranquil and Emeka Boule in the fifth and sixth rounds, respectively, uh, in the draft, but... Uh, they also picked up Thomas Davis. You know that you know against that game, the last game of the season against the Patriots, uh, the Chargers had no linebacker depth, and they had to play all DBs. And you know, unfortunately, you don't play zone against uh, a notorious zone killer and Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, you, you got to play some man, and uh, you know their personnel did not allow them to do that. So they really made it a point to f- fix that issue. Uh, but they also just went defensive heavy. You know, the first two picks, as you mentioned uh jerry tillery a, a presence in the middle that can provide some interior pass rush i mean, just a mountain of a man a guy with a long wingspan uh, a lot of brute strength and uh really a, a quick first step you know a guy like i said can you know really bring pressure in the face of the quarterback and then you got a guy not, like nazir adley who like you said was mentioned as one of the high, most highly touted safeties uh free safeties in the draft last year or th- this uh list past draft excuse me and you know he's known as a ball hawk he's been hurt he's been Kind of dealing with a hamstring injury. Jerry Tillery also was recovering from an injury, but he just recently returned to practice. Uh, he's looked okay, uh, but again, they're just working him in. He he's been hurt, so you know his progression is going to be a little slower. Same with Andrew Adderley. the the nagging hamstring injury is kind of you know hampered him a little bit. And you know this is the time, Brad. You know, uh, for rookies, you know, you got to get reps, 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 reps. I mean, that's what's the most important thing. Getting that playbook and know what you're doing. And the longer you're off the field, the more your opportunities are going to go to someone else.
0: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Dakota Allen, who's a late round pick for the Rams, who people were really excited about, linebacker guy that could play special teams. Just kind of, he was actually one of the former uh, last chance you guys and one of the first guys drafted in the NFL from last chance. You've seen a couple in the last uh, month or so that's been added since, but uh, he's been injured. And you're talking about, Getting on the field, also Obo Okoronkwo, who was a rookie last year, but basically sat all year because of a injury, again is also out. So you're talking about, uh, just like on your side, it's tough to get noticed uh, and make a 53-man roster if you're on the sidelines holding your helmet. So uh, one standout for us has been Taylor Rapp so far. Uh, I saw an article from the LA Times that had called him, uh, it basically he's getting a reputation in the building as being a flat-out baller. And that's always good when you're a rookie and you're already getting labeled a flat out baller uh, inside the building. So we'll see. They're going to work him into packages and find a way to get him in the game. Uh, We'll see a lot of him in the preseason and assume that we'll see a lot of your rookies (laughs) once they get healthy in the preseason as well. So uh, the rookie uh, draft class here in Los Angeles was pretty strong on both sides. I remember after the draft, looking at your guys draft and going, man, I I actually really liked everything that they did. Uh, If if we just swapped those LA teams. I would have been pretty happy with that draft as well, but we're excited about uh, Taylor rap. And I'm, I'm really curious. I don't think we'll ever find out that answer is if, if this went differently, if you guys pick rap, how it would have gone or uh, if Adderley was available still, if you guys went a different direction was Adderley really number one, but they seem really high on Taylor rap. They said he was a first round projection in their eyes. So uh, it seems like a good fit as we start to look at the schedule. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this before we get out. Uh, You guys have a really late buy. And I've been talking to a lot of teams uh, looking at their buys, looking at crazy away games or home away, home away, home away, or the Bears with three Thursday night games. Everyone's got a uniqueness to their schedule. Yours is probably a week 12 buy. That is late. Um, It's going to be much needed when it comes. It comes after a Mexico City game, uh, which is a Monday Nighter in November 18th versus Kansas City, which is going to be an awesome game. And in fact, I went down to Mexico City last year for the Rams-Kansas City game, which never happened in Mexico City. and uh shame. Yeah, it was a shame, and we were, uh, we ended up making a great time. But because of that, I said, we'll come back to Mexico and do the next game that comes here. Well, my girlfriend, as I mentioned, is a Chargers fan, and it's going back <laughs> to Mexico City. So I'm going back to Mexico City. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to – I'm not going to be wearing a Chiefs gear or anything like that, but I definitely will be having my – Vamos Rams scarf on at some point. So uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch. But looking at this, you guys got some tough road games. Uh, You know, you start with Indianapolis at home. Uh, You go, um, you have a a fair amount of home games. You have uh, at Houston at home. Uh, You got Denver at home, Pittsburgh at home. But you play at Tennessee, at Chicago, at Oakland, and then that Monday nighter. Looking at the first 11 games, how do you feel you're going to come out of that uh, maybe a win-loss, or even just kind of, you know, how that looks in your eyes right now?
1: Well, I mean, you you got to start with that first game. I mean, hey, what a test, right? I mean, two really good football teams from last year. You know, you got Andrew Luck, who uh, was coming off an of injury and put together a really strong campaign. And, you know, it's going to be, like I said, a really good test immediately right out of the jump. Uh, and if the Chargers can, you know, can get that first win, I think it really sets the tone for a, another really strong year. Uh, I, I'm not really going to put a, a, a win loss on it, but uh, the Chargers have a couple of really, you know, really really tough opponents in, in that mix. I mean, the Broncos got a great defense. Uh, you know, you, you got the the Steelers in the primetime game and another primetime game. I mean, that's another thing I want to point out is last year the Chargers got absolutely no respect until they started winning and they were flexed into primetime games. They started that year with zero uh, at, at you know, obviously you know not including the obligatory Thursday night game, but they had no Monday night, they had no Sunday night. I mean they just got no respect. So uh, it's good to see that them you know get a three or four primetime slates this year and obviously the potential to get flexed into more. But you know the Chargers have a really uh, good schedule. I like the late buy actually, uh, sets them up uh, to, to uh, really be as healthy as they possibly can going into that home stretch in December.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely a way to look at it. Come out of the bye, you hit at Denver, at Jacksonville, finish with home versus Minnesota, home versus Oakland, and a potential flex candidate of the year is the last game of the season uh, versus the Kansas City Chiefs, which could be a really good game and really could you know be the outcome of the division, especially as we saw last year and both those games last year, uh, or especially the second game last year was an incredible finish that game. So the chargers play great late. Um, I think you're right. As far as setting up to your team, this is a team that got really hot late as well. Um, I mean, they were great all, all year last year, basically, but uh, coming with that late buy, that definitely should help them. Uh, they don't play Los Angeles this year, which I'm bummed about. I feel like that should almost, it, it just should be a throw in game every year. Uh, but maybe we can work on that over the next couple of years. Uh, and if we do see each other, it would be in the Super Bowl. So, looking at the whole outcome, um, I know you don't want to get into a win loss, but is this something where you see yourself a a true candidate to win the division?
1: Absolutely, uh, I can say that with full confidence. I think uh, you know people from the outside are starting to learn and starting to recognize, like the fans on the inside, that this Chargers team is absolutely stacked from up. Uh, from the top of the roster all the way to the bottom they have a great young defense got playmakers at every level on the offense they got tremendous wide receivers running backs uh, and a you know just a veteran quarterback that never gets hurt knock on wood uh, and uh, has been productive for 15 plus years in this league so i think the window uh, to win a championship is is closing uh, but it's still open at this moment and i think the chargers have every opportunity i think they have the best opportunity that they've had in the past 10 years to finally get into the Super Bowl and maybe win a championship. They have that type of roster. If they get that offensive line figured out, which I see as really their only weakness, they're going to have a really, really good year and they're going to be a really, really tough team to beat and a team you do not want to see towards the end of the year.
0: Well, I got two more questions for you and you kind of played into one there. Uh, I didn't really realize I had the question until you kind of said it, but you talked about this window closing. Obviously I'm assuming most of that has to do with the the oldest person on the team, Phillip Rivers, the quarterback, a guy that, you know, you think he can play for a few more years, just like Tom Brady, but you never know where, if there's a big injury around the corner or the game just falls off and the, the organization wants to go a different uh, direction. So when I mean you guys drafted a quarterback this year but in later rounds and I don't think anybody that's gonna compete for his job in any sense or make Philip Rivers worried but is it next year's draft that they go and get that big-time quarterback to come in and replace Philip is it a year after that when do you see kind of that changing the guard in quarterback
1: yeah I mean that's a really interesting question I mean if you ask people uh you know the past five years they would have said that that was the year to draft the quarterback to replace Philip but I mean, he just, you know, he's an Iron Man. He's still productive. I mean, he—I think the answer to that question is—is is whenever Philip Rivers decides to hang it up, I think he's going to continue to play his the way he plays quarterback and his style of play. Uh, you know, he he can play for as long as he wants. I—I I I think that's not what he wants, though. I think eventually he's going to want to hang it up. But I do know that he has been on record as saying he wants to play in the new stadium. Uh, I mean, big shocker. I mean, not really. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's, it's going to be the cathedral yeah. in the Los Angeles area for many years to come. So, uh, but yeah, I think ultimately, you know, you're, you're probably looking at maybe two to three years, maybe four. I, I don't see much more than that. So, I would imagine in the next year or two, they will seriously be looking at drafting Phillip Rivers' successor.
0: Yeah, it's same boat that the Patriots are in with Tom Brady. It's kind of like you almost, and it's not really in the DNA of an elite NFL quarterback to come to the organization and say, hey, I think I've got one or two years left, so go get that guy and bring him in, and and I'll, I'll have it ready for him in two years. That's just not how it works, but you almost wish that he would go to him and say, hey, look, I, I want to do 2020, 2021, and I'll be ready to back out at that point get somebody ready, but that just isn't the way of an athlete. So, uh, it will play not out wired that way. No, not wired at all that way. So we'll just have to play it out the other way, which is, uh, play it until the organization says it's time to move on. And then, uh, you know, either feelings are hurt or it ends well. So we'll see how that kind of goes, but, um, Philip Rivers got to, you know, continue to push and and hopefully make another playoff run and make things interesting. I'll leave on this question. Cause I've been asking everyone I'm doing crossovers with, Uh, This is kind of a fill in the blank question. You can do it with a record. You can do it with a outcome of the season. You can do it with a personal thing, however it would be. But fill in the blank. If the Chargers season ends with blank, it was a disappointment.
1: If the Chargers season ends in anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, then this season is a failure.
0: Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's I mean, that's kind of where I feel. I mean, uh, I had put up on Twitter that my disappointment would be not winning the NFC West, but that was kind of my safety valve there. But uh the Rams going back to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, getting to that NFC championship. I think I'd take it one step down. I think if we get to the NFC Championship, get back to where uh, you know, the magic was made to get to the Super Bowl, that would be, you know, I'd be okay with losing that game because that's a big tough game to win. But I love it, man. It's Super Bowl or bust in uh, Charger land for you, and I think that's very fair on the career looking at Phillip Rivers, the team, the window, all that you explained. So uh, great stuff. Hey, I appreciate you jumping on and talking with us today. Uh, We'll look forward to kind of looping back maybe in the next week or so, getting everybody on the mic and talking a little bit more Los Angeles football. Uh, But good luck on the season. Stay healthy and look forward to talking again soon.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. Same to you guys. Go Rams and go Bolts.
0: All right. With that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace.